there. Welcome to Football with Grant Wall. Thanks so much for joining me. Today's interview guest is Leon's Ada Hegerberg, the subject of the terrific new video documentary, My Name is Ada Hegerberg on ESPN+. We've had some great guests lately, including Raphael Honigstein, Henry Winter, and Ted Lasso's Jason Sudeikis and Brendan Hunt. I also encourage you to listen to my new podcast series, American Prodigy, The Freddie Adu Story. All eight episodes are out, and you can binge all of them to your heart's content. Now, here's my interview with Ada Hegerberg. Our guest today is one of the world's best soccer players. At age 25, Otta Hegerberg has won the last five UEFA Champions League titles with Lyon. In 2018, she became the first winner of the Women's Ballon d'Or as the world's best player. She has scored 282 goals and 271 pro appearances, including a record 53 Champions League goals. She stars in the terrific new video documentary, My Name is Otta Hegerberg which you can see on ESPN+. Plus. She joins me now from Lyon, France. Ada, it's great to see you. Thanks for coming on the show. It's great to be here as well. Uh, we tried to have a talk, uh, <laughs> I don't remember, two years ago, uh, one and a half years ago when I was in North Carolina for uh, the ICC Women's Cup. So we try again. We had some technical issues, but here we are one and a half years, uh, <laughs> years later and, uh, and we get to go. <laughs> Those were all on my side, those technical issues. So not Ada's fault at all for listeners to understand. It's the one time it's happened in 10 years, but I am so glad that we are here now and, and able to to do this interview. I really enjoyed <laughs> I really enjoyed your video documentary, which which tells your story and includes your parents and your family and it goes by very quickly in a good way in, in just 40 minutes on ESPN+. How did the idea come about to do this film about you? I've always been very fascinated by seeing uh, how athletes and people who have succeeded uh, to kind of like see a little bit the behind the scenes. And the whole idea came up like really, I met with Tim and Jackie, who's been fantastic. I think they did a tremendous work uh we stayed together uh day and night and i felt that they uh, got close to but yeah behind the scenes being a women's footballer today uh obviously not only being a footballer but also as a woman as well and seeing all the challenges uh you front and uh, uh, also kind of like um get a view in how uh how it is to be an athlete a women's athlete today and um, I mean, I it was uh, it was uh, I was thrilled um, to film the whole whole uh, documentary, and I hope like that the message uh, got out there in a in a kind of uh, directly uh, way, but also in a in a natural way. So, what did you think when you saw this documentary for the first time? Well, first of all, seeing yourself, um, it's quite like personal. Uh, you kind of feel like vulnerable in a whole other matter because obviously I'm a footballer and I'm focused on uh, becoming better every day and uh, uh, that's what I'm paid to do. Uh, but at the same time, uh, it's also challenging and, and, and also fun showing 
showing yourself, showing the, the world of football. And I feel like uh, having also documentaries about the women's game uh, and what we face every day is also important for the sport. So it was, it was kind of like, uh, it was a special thing, obviously, to see the, the documentary, but I think uh, it kind of sums up um, a lot of, a little bit of my history uh, on on the cameras. So now I was, uh, I was kind of like hiding a little bit uh, behind my, my um, husband when I saw it, but obviously it was, uh, it was a great thing to watch as well. There were a lot of things I liked about the video. I liked seeing home video of you playing from an early age. I liked hearing your story about playing with the boys' teams, even when the boys and the girls started having separate teams. Uh, I liked hearing about the influence of your family, uh, your parents, your sister, Andrina, who I'm sorry to see injured her knee this week. Um, um, you know, your father, Stein Eric, has been a coach for you, and, and your mother, uh, Gerd Stolzmo, who also played, has this amazing attitude about things. And there's even one moment in the video where your mother gives you the middle finger in a funny way, which, <laughs> which my sense is, is that pretty accurate about her? And, and how would you describe the influence of your parents and your sister over the years? Oh, I'm glad I didn't film all the moments we had together as a family because people <laughs> have thought we've been out of our minds. But uh, I mean, it's, I think it's very important to kind of like have a... Um, uh, be yourself have, have like a natural uh, relationship to each other um, we're very like we know each other very well and I don't want things to be uh, fake in another way uh, I want it to be authentic um, and obviously uh, having my mom and dad in it was uh, a natural thing because they've been uh, massive in, in terms of supporting I mean in terms of the football way as well. I mean, my dad has been um, incredible since day one, seeing the way, the tactical uh, parts of it. And my mom, obviously, being the the cool, tough woman that she is. And she basically gave a lot of our self-belief to us as well. So <laughs> there were a lot of moments that weren't cut into the documentary, which is maybe, maybe for the best. <laughs> I do love your mom. She and I got to be Twitter friends during the World Cup in 2019. And she even sent me a Lyon shirt with your name on the back that we gave to our niece, who's part Norwegian. And um, like, it, it's, it's kind of cool. Like, I got to sense a little bit of your mom's personality and how much of, of her personality is in you. Yeah, I mean, uh, at that point, she's uh, she's uh, at another level. I mean, she managed to ship away shirts uh, <laughs> all Europe around and obviously in the US, in Norway as well. So everyone who's asking for shirts basically get it in, in the end. And I told her one day, I don't know how many uh, euros she spent on buying shirts, but uh, I mean, it's for a good thing. And uh, that's, that's how she is, you know. Um, She's very including and want to give back because um, obviously um, the sport is so important for us. And we also want to be including uh, with all the fan base and so many people been backing us as well uh, from day one. So it's kind of like live family business. They're uh, handing out shirts uh, all the world around. <laughs> 
Now, I remember the first time I saw you play in person when I was in the stadium. I was in Portugal in 2015 for the Algarve Cup, and you were playing for Norway against the United States, and you were 19 years old, and you scored an incredible goal in that game. And I was like, who is that? And that night, I learned a lot more about you. Um, do you remember anything about that night and what it meant to score that kind of a goal against the team that would become the World Cup champion later that year? Well, playing against the U.S. is always a tough task. And I remember the goal myself as well. It was a header, great cross, a uh, nice header. Uh, we lost in the end 2-1. Two, two so in the end, I mean, I mean you're pissed uh, of not winning. Uh, but... Uh, Always been good matches against the U.S. Obviously, um, you know that they were always well prepared. They had spent a lot of time together as well, and that kind of made the change from European teams, uh, as we don't spend that much time with the national teams like they do. So obviously, you know you're facing a very strong, prepared team, especially mentally. So uh, those games were always tough and uh, were always a good experience to play against them. Why do you think you were able to succeed at the highest level at such a young age? I think it take, takes a lot of training, first of all. Uh, you shouldn't get away from that fact. It takes a lot of repetition. I've been working on details since I, I can remember. Um, the same training I do today. Love going home, um, working out with my dad every summer and Christmas when we're off to kind of like prepare for the next. And uh, always like try to be concentrated on doing things with quality. Um, repetition, repetition, repetition. And uh, I think with the age, I always um, aimed high. I, I always wanted to like go for the go for the next and really try to maximize my potential. And that's kind of like the motivation as well today. How far can I get it, uh, take it as, as, uh, as a football player? And I also have to be a little bit bold um, because obviously I, I left um, Norway when I was 17, went to Germany because I felt ready for it. And I really needed to do that in order to take the next step. So um, yeah, high like the highest level in football is not made for everyone, uh, I would like to say, but I, I just really think that everyone can make it, uh, no matter where, if you're from, from Norway, from a small town in Norway, or you're from Asia or the US or whatever. Um, it just takes a lot of commitment. And that's why I really love the scene uh, where we work out together as well in the documentary. Those are my favorite scenes because there you see the concentration and the fun we have by succeeding with the small details. And that kind of like sums up uh, my, my career, really. It's, it's taking pleasure of working in, in order to become better in, after every session. Lyon has absolutely dominated in France and in Europe over the past five years and, and before that, really. I'm fascinated by the influence of the owner, Jean-Michel Olas, who has invested a lot of money in his women's team at Lyon. Why has Lyon been such a good club for you? Because of Jean-Michel Olas. <laughs> <laughs> you summed it up quite well there. But I, I mean, 
I have no words for him, really. I have so much respect for, for our president. Um, he's been the game changer. I think he's been a game changer for, for the game, for the football, football game and for women in general. And I really hope that a lot of the decision maker can, makers uh, all the world around in the world football can take him as an example because we didn't go from zero to 100 uh, real quick, you could say it, but it was, uh, he, he built it stone by stone and in the end by investing long-term, having a vision and really believing in it, in, in the product, he, he got the best team in the world of club football and it takes time and it also takes a lot of belief and he's been there from day one and I don't know how old he is at this moment but I feel like he's not a year older than 40 because he's following us so closely and backing us uh, getting the condition we need in order to succeed and when we also when he also backs us in that way we can also deliver so it's kind of like give and take uh, movement, but um, he's massive. Um, and when I uh, injured my knee, for example, I did my ACL one year ago. He was basically the first person to call me. And I think that it explains a lot of uh, the person he is as well. I want to congratulate you on several things. You recently signed a three-year contract extension with Lyon through June 2024. You recently signed a 10-year contract with Nike, which is huge. You have this new video documentary. Do you feel like you're starting to really break through when it comes to global recognition, you know, both for you personally, but for women's football as well, which you know we can see games from the French League on American television now? I love that. I love the fact that um, club football is getting more and more coverage. I think there are great games out there. You have the best players gather around in, in the best clubs. Uh, and it's so important to get the coverage uh, out there so people actually can watch the games. Um, and for women's football, I really hope that's the case. I feel like every year you kind of take those small steps. And sometimes you always also feel that you take two steps in the right direction and one back again. Uh, but if we can at least continue in that way, as long as we get the sport into the right direction, uh, that's what I wish uh, for my sport, for my passion. And um, personally, I, I always been very focused on delivering basically. And obviously by delivering, I also got a lot of uh, privileges by uh, getting great sponsors, uh, signing with Nike was uh, was a dream for me, to be honest. I think they've been uh, very central in the position of, of women uh, in, in sports, and I really wanted to be a part of that. And so when they reached out, I, I was never in doubt. Uh, so that's uh, that was a great um, milestone for me, you could say. And I really <laughs> can't wait to write history with Nike as well. Uh, I still have... Um, to get back to the pitch and, and play with my new Nike Nikes, but uh, the day will come. I'm, I'm positive and I just really want to deliver on the highest level as long as I can. That's my ambition is to be a top dog as long as I can. Uh, the career is short. Uh, you, you will imagine when you get injured, 
So I just want to make the most out of it and, and, and kick ass, you could say. Let's take a quick break from our interview with Ada Hegerberg, and I'll ask you a question. Do you ever want to watch Spain's La Liga or the Copa Libertadores and get frustrated because they're not available on your cable system? You should try a streaming service I use that I love. It's called Fanatis with a Z, and you can watch all the action from La Liga, Copa Libertadores, and other international leagues and tournaments live and on demand from your favorite device, whether it's a mobile phone, tablet, or directly on your TV with the Fanatis app. You can also watch the top leagues from France, Brazil, and Argentina. Fanatis features channels you know, like BN Sports and English and Spanish, Gold TV, and many more. And it costs as little as $7.99 a month. If you'd like to try Fanatis for yourself, you can get a free week-long trial by clicking on the link in the episode description or by going to fntz.co slash grant hyphen fz. One more time, that's fntz.co slash grant hyphen fz. Thank you very much to Fanatis for sponsoring this episode. Fanatis, the world's largest stadium. So you mentioned your injury. It seems crazy, but you have not been able to play for Lyon in almost a year since January 19th, 2020. Uh, you injured your ACL, then last fall needed another procedure for a tibia stress fracture. When are you hoping to play again, and how motivated are you right now to get back on the field? Oh, you can imagine, like, as a journalist, if you couldn't have written or read uh, throughout the year, you can imagine yes. my, my case at the moment. <laughs> yes. So the motivation is at top. It is. It, re- it really is. And... I mean, 2020 was challenging for all of us. Um, I've been the most challenging year of, of my career. And I'm, I'm looking at it in a way where I can actually grow from it. I've grown a lot from the last year, I, I promise you. Uh, about myself, in the way I train, about my body. So I'm, I'm thrilled uh, to be coming back. Uh, I'm doing everything I can uh, with quality. I'm very focused every day and I'm getting closer day by day as well, which is promising. Um, I've been very like calm when it comes to talking about the date, return date, etc. because it's been such a long time. So I just want to work in peace and be very, be ready when I get back. But for sure, you're going to know when, when time will come. Uh, there's still a, Still some patience and still some time left, but uh, I'm, I'm getting close. Are you aiming for this season? Yes, I am. You are? Okay, gotcha. Um, we do have an unusual situation right now in the French League where Lyon is currently not in first place. Uh, Lyon is one point behind PSG, which in November handed Lyon its first defeat in 73 games. Uh, now Lyon gets PSG at home on March 13th. Uh, there are obviously games between now and then, but what are your thoughts about this season and, and the title race? Yeah, now we have the men's team who are actually leading the, the league at the moment, so we better mm-hmm. back up the next month. Uh, <laughs> it would be awesome if we finished first, uh, both women's and men's. But um, I mean, it's been um, it's been a tough season. Um, uh, you can see that on the pitch as well, uh, which is also a natural reaction to a difficult year. 
Um, but our strength always should be to always aim for the next, even though if we won the Champions League in a very tough Corona situation, going to the final eight, it was massive that we won a fifth Champions League in a row, uh, which is quite amazing. Uh, and we always need to look ourselves in the mirror. And the reality at the moment is that we're second behind PSG. Uh, so there's work to do. Uh, the season is not finished, so we still got we, we still got a lot of chances to to go all the old way, but there's obviously work to do still, and the club knows that, the players knows that, well, we should know that, and this is the moment to to step up um, as a team and show that we're capable of bouncing back uh, from a loss against PSG, for example, and it's all about working as a team, pushing each other even more, even though we won everything we won the last years, that should always be our strength. So, I mean, it's going to be some exciting months coming up um, and we need to be tougher on ourselves and stick together and and um, go all the way. The top player from the American collegiate system, Katarina Macario, just signed with Lyon this week. She said that she spoke to you about joining the team before she signed. What kind of a role do you expect Macario will have with Lyon when she joins the team? Well, first of all, I think Lyon shows that they still want to be the top dog. Obviously, Katarina has had different options, and that's why I think it's very bold from a 20-year-old. Um, and I appreciate that. Uh, that she goes for Lyon because Lyon is is a tough place to settle in, and I know um, I know taking how it is to take a decision like that when I came to Lyon as a 19 year old as well, and um, I mean we need players to to help the team reach every goal that has been set for the season, and um, I'll make sure she's she's welcome into the team that's for sure. Um, I mean in order to to continue. Uh, be top dog we need the right the players with the right mindset and a winning mentality um, so if we can get in young hungry players who are ready to face that challenge uh, that is the best case so it's going to be it's going to be a great challenge for her but I, I'll, I'll make sure she's um, selling well for sure one thing I like about your video documentary is that you explain in detail the reasons why you decided to step away from the Norwegian national team in 2017, uh, which you have explained those reasons before in detail, by the way. I, I should be clear about that. But in the documentary, you discuss what those reasons are. Uh, unequal opportunities for girls and boys to play soccer, women and girls being forced to wait to use fields, Cleats arriving for a tournament late and in the wrong sizes, a boys team playing on the best field while the women's team that had qualified for a World Cup had to train on an inferior field, and on and on. Has there been any change recently in your position toward playing for the national team? Well, to be honest, I haven't had any contact with the Federation more or less since 2017, so... It's kind of hard to answer to that question. And um, at the moment, I am obviously focused on other things. Uh, now I take one thing at a time. First step is to get back on the pitch, uh, crack some goals again for the team, help the team 
uh, win another another titles um, step by step. So that's my focus at the moment. Last question on this topic: Will we see you in a World Cup someday again? <laughs> oh my God, Grant! Let me get back to the pitch first, right? <laughs> <laughs> Because we want, I mean, I, I understand the, the position you've taken. Absolutely. I admire. I, I want to be very clear. I admire it. I've said that publicly going back to 2019 and before. It would, it would be neat to see you in a World Cup too. Yeah, I played already a World Cup in, in 2015 and obviously an amazing experience. Uh, and then you also know the consequences. You always should know the consequences behind taking tough decisions, obviously. And I knew that from from day one um, and now I find myself in a position where I just want to get back to the pitch and football is my biggest passion. I'm, I'm in love with the ball and I haven't been able to do it for one year. And that's what I'm so over-focused on actually just be able to get back to my team and then we'll take it from there. I think uh, that's the right mindset uh, now, and you never know what the future will bring. We're winding down with Ada Hegerberg. Really appreciate your time. Um, I didn't realize until I started doing research for this interview that your husband, Thomas Rogna, is a professional player who is currently with Lech Poznan in Poland and has played for the Norwegian men's national team. How did you two meet and, and how do you handle living in different locations? We we met through my sister, actually. He used to play for Gothenburg and my sister also played in Gothenburg. So we we met there in, in 2015. And it's it's so funny because uh, we always have this rule, like trying to keep our private life quite calm, you know, and it's it has worked so far. But um, our, um, what do you call it? It's quite quite a special thing living a long distance with two, being two footballers, but at least uh, we both know the importance behind it, behind our careers. And honestly, we, we make the most out of it. Um, it's uh, when you think about it, we, we, we think that it's crazy that we have to live this way, but also you, when you look at it, you know that you only have one career, you know? Um, we got to spend a lot of time together last year with me being injured, doing my rehab over there in Poland. So that was a great thing. Um, but uh, now it's challenging in, in many ways. Uh, but then you also love the game. So we know we're going to uh, spend the rest of our lives together. So we're just trying to make the most out of our careers and uh, then up to the next adventure uh, adventure when, when we're done. But uh, he's a bit older than me, you know, so he can... He can stop football and, and live with me for a while while I stop my career. So so that's the goal. <laughs> <laughs> you just signed a contract extension with Lyon, as we mentioned. Do you have any interest in playing at some point in your career in the NWSL, whether it's for the team that Lyon owns in the Seattle area or somewhere else in the league? First of all, it was it was such a nice feeling to to extend my contract. I was never in doubt. It was always about Lyon, despite all the problems I had in 2020. Um, it was always about Lyon, and I obviously extending for Lyon also means that I hope it kind of sends a message that we're not here to joke around. We're not messing around. We we the club wants to stay on top. I want to be in the club uh, where we keep on winning everything. Uh, so that felt very, very good. 
um, so that I can just focus on my comeback as well. And about the future, it's it's I've been very like low key in talking about the future because I I'm I'm a person that's very like loyal to your club when I play somewhere. But um, uh, so obviously the the next goals are gonna be winning everything, setting goal scoring records uh, for Lyon, uh, winning every title and. What you can say, though, after a year like 2020, that's like the biggest lesson, uh, is that you can never prepare the future. Uh, always expect unexpected, you could say. But so it's very hard to see, say, where I find myself in three years. I would have been in America or, or in Europe or uh, anywhere. Uh, impossible to say. I'm kind of a girl that lives in the moment at the, at the time. But the career, um, hopefully it's long and it will bring a lot of new experiences. Uh, so ask me again about uh, in two and a half years and probably I'll have a better answer. Ada Hegerberg stars in the new video documentary, My Name is Ada Hegerberg, which you can see on ESPN+. We're looking forward to seeing you back on the field soon for Leon. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Uh, it was uh, it was a great time, and uh, we finally managed to, to have this part, so I'm glad. <laughs> Me too. Thanks for listening to Football with Grant Wall. I'd like to thank Ida Hegerberg, as well as producer Chris Whittingham. I'm back soon with another interview of someone from the soccer world. Be safe, everyone. See you next time. <laughs>